So Accelerating Your Career is the title we're focused on. And the subtitle that I've given, that I want us to focus in on, is Grow Up, Your Time Is Now. Grow Up, Your Time Is Now. And why? So in 2015, um, in 2015, one of the things that I was privileged to do when I took on the role of Vice President IT Finance and Sourcing is day three, um, I had to go into a meeting room with senior executives at the time, and I had just started, so this was literally day three, and I had just started, and it was a boardroom, and it was basically the size of this uh, altar. And so I was put um, at the end of it and ultimately had to speak to the budget that at that time had been given to me. So I had two portfolios, procurement and finance. So the finance um, budget was 300 million. And so this third day, I just started, I didn't even know where the water coolers and all of that was, but I was in this executive meeting and the CFO at the time, the first question he asked was he wanted a walkthrough of the IT budget because apparently they were behind in budget and so there was an overrun of about 30 million. So third day, I don't, I don't know anything about what's happening in the budget. So he said, come back at noon and present to this group of executives what's going on with the budget. So at this point, I don't know anything about the P&L in terms of like um, capitalization and what the assumptions were, none of that. So I get into the room and at noon, I had a director that was reporting into me and I said, you know, just explain what's going on because I've got to go back. Can you put a summary of the budget in case they want to see? So I get into the room and the CFO, the CFO said, so open up the budget and walk me through kind of the highlights of it. And the biggest thing that came out from the numbers that she gave me was a sandwich, as in a sandwich. And so the first thing the CFO said was, well, I don't understand why is there a budget line for a sandwich and the sandwich total cost is three, three million. I myself didn't know. So I stood there, all of the executives watching me and the CFO ripped me to shreds. You are in charge of the budget, you don't know the budget, you came into my meeting, you don't know what's happening, how dare you, and so forth. So I left the meeting, um, and I called PWA, who obviously was my, is my coach mentor, and I explained the situation, and he said something. He said, Asumpta, at this point, you're going to have to grow up. This is not business as usual anymore. You can't do what you were doing before with a smaller budget. You're going to have to grow up really quickly, learn the organization, learn the numbers, but those are now your numbers. So bottom line, anybody could have given you anything, miscoded it is essentially what happened, but you are still accountable. So your opportunity starts from today, but it's a choice you have to make. And that's what we're going to talk about today. It's time for you and I to grow up into what God has intended for us because Ignite, your time is now. Are you ready? All right, let's do this. Okay, so let's start with... We're going to start with Galatians 4. Okay? Galatians 4... Verse 1, and it reads, and I'm reading from the NLT version. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. So can we just really just think about that for a second? A father leaves his young children everything. Essentially, he's a CEO of an organization, and he's left you everything from an inheritance perspective. But the children, not being grown up, haven't walked into it. Essentially, they're slaves. So in the notion of a CEO example, those children, though they are supposed to take over as CEO, are operating as cleaners in that very same building. And that's what's happening with a lot of us. Not necessarily by choice, but because we've not made a choice, that in itself 
is a choice not to grow up. So we're going to take a look at that because what ends up happening is that we get frustrated. We're either frustrated with where we are, frustrated with where we think we should be, and just frustrated because we believe that God is not faithful, God hasn't done, God is still yet to do. But the truth about it, based off this, God has already done it. The Father has given it to us, it's for us to step into it, okay? So one of the things I need you to understand is that your ability to grow is going to determine your capacity to lead. Okay, and if you're sitting and you're not taking notes, I'm gonna ask that you kindly do. And it doesn't necessarily have to be notes per se of everything I say, but I wanna get into the habit. Don't look at me as the usher you know in church. I'm not playing usher right now. What I came to do is help you in terms of furthering where you are supposed to be in comparison to where you are now. Is that okay? Couple of things that I'm gonna drop in the meantime is just some information around kind of activities in the workplace as well. So if you are in a meeting with your boss at any given point in time, always take pen and paper with you. Even if you're not necessarily going to take in everything, the fact that you're taking notes is super, super important. Same thing in an interview. If you're in an interview, make sure you're taking notes. We good? Okay, all right, so let's read this. So this is Hebrews, Hebrews 12, one to two, and it says, therefore, we also having so great a cloud of witnesses over our head, laying aside every weight and sin which surrounds us, let us run by patience to the fight proposed to us, looking onto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, who having joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and now seated on the right hand of the throne of the Father, okay? Now, again, I want us to highlight a couple of things. Number one, run. The word run in this occasion means growth, okay? Number two, patience. Patience is the manifestation of your growth, okay? Now, one thing I need you to understand is that growth in itself, it takes time, it takes effort, and it takes investment on each and every single one of our parts, okay? But one thing I do want you to understand based off this scripture is that there is a reward for it. Your inheritance is worth fighting for. Can you say that to somebody? My inheritance is worth fighting for. Your inheritance is worth fighting for. So a couple of things. So what does it necessarily mean to be outstanding in life? What does it necessarily mean for us to accelerate? A couple of things I needed to understand. Being outstanding in life means that you stand out. The dictionary describes it as being exceptionally good. But the thing about it is that there's more to being outstanding and there's more to being excellent. It's not when people are watching. That's not the start of it. It starts with your faithfulness in the little things. It's your desire and your decision to say that where I am now is not where I ought to be. And though I may be at a certain age, there is still so much more I can do. But it starts with a decision, and it's a decision that you have to make. It starts with you agreeing and being frustrated that mediocrity is not okay. Average is not okay. But you first have to make that decision, and that's a decision that only you can make, okay? So one of the things that I'm going to do for us as we go through this is that I wanna walk us through a number of things. So we're gonna go on a journey, and this journey is gonna be really fast, so make sure that you're paying attention and just stick with me, and we'll go from there. But the biggest thing I needed to understand is that my assignment for today is to make sure that you are prepared for what is coming, and ignite what is coming is big, it is significant, and it has your name on it. You just have to be ready, and that's my only job today, okay? So let's jump into it. There are fundamentals that come with this notion of acceleration. 
And I want you to take note of three things. Number one, there is a seat. Number two, there is a promise. And number three, there is preparation. And what you have to understand right now is that no matter where you are, there is a seat with your name on it. There is a seat with your name on it. And whether someone is sitting in your seat or we need to create a seat, you will sit in your seat in the name of Jesus. So let's jump into it. We're going to talk first about the seat, and we're going to start with the book of Esther. Esther 1, 10 to 12. And if I can get it on the monitors here, that'll be even better for me. But in the meantime, Esther 1, 10 to 12. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded, he commanded to bring Queen Vashti before the king, wearing her royal crown, in order to show her beauty to the people and the officials. For she was so beautiful to behold. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command, brought by the Enochs. Therefore, the king was furious, and his anger burned within him. Okay? So, let's talk about this, because I love this. Why do people lose their seats? From the scripture we just read, we had a king who, in my world, in my language, is a CEO of an organization, 108 provinces under his control, which is a huge, huge portfolio. So he's the king, he's the CEO, and he's got Vashti, who I would propose to you is ultimately the COO. Full control, full reign, full access of everything the king has to offer. And he calls for her. The Bible says that the king was a generous king, meaning he was an awesome boss, the kind of boss that gives you, you know, extras, perks. There's abundance with this king. He had social gatherings. So obviously because of the feast, you can tell that social gatherings was important to him. And we talked a little bit about it on Friday. It's important to know and understand the culture of the environment that you work for. Know and understand your leader. What is important to your leader? Vashti missed it because she misunderstood him. Social gatherings was important to him. If you've got a leader and social gatherings is important to them, guess what? Social gatherings is now important to you too, okay? So we've got this king, we've got this amazing king who's CEO, we've got Vashti who's COO of the kingdom. Verse 9 tells us that she had control. She had access to everything the king had. But something happened here. Basically, Vashti rejects what the king has asked her to do. Vashti basically says, that's not in my job description. I don't feel like doing it, and so I'm not going to do it. And Vashti doesn't show up. King is angry, so the executive team comes together and says, listen, you've got an employee that's not doing what we expected to do. We've got to fire her. And lo and behold, Vashti gets fired. That's huge. And sometimes we look at it and we say, oh, wow, you know, Vashti, she refused and she, she was removed. No, Vashti got fired. And in many cases... It's very easy to see from an employer's perspective why Vashti got fired. And so I want to walk you through a couple of things, um, and I'm hoping that this is also going to be things that are going to be practical for you, that you can leverage. But let's talk about why people lose their seats. Number one, poor performance. So with the example that I gave to you earlier about my sandwich experience, Needless to say, the first thing that happens is that a coaching conversation will happen. What happened here? What happened here? What can we do? We'll put you on a performance plan. Consecutively, your performance is bad, seat's gone. And the seat was gone. So poor performance really means a lot of things. Number one, you've got to make sure that you know your onions. If you're presenting something, if you're in charge of delivering something, make sure you know it. I don't care if you're obtaining information from other people, as long as you are the one that's bringing it back, you need to know what happened. You need to know the ins and outs of it. Number two, 
um, in terms of poor performance is make sure you're adding value. Don't just do enough. Don't, this isn't like when we were in university and we do the homework the night before. This is work. Your pay is on the line. Your reputation is on the line. Your brand is on the line. And more than that, the brand of your boss is on the line. And that's why people react really badly when they see poor performance. Okay, I wanna say something here. You wanna make sure that you minimize the number of errors that are in your work. And if you know that you don't understand what's been asked of you by your boss, then what you want to do is seek clarification. Don't say, I'm not sure what you just asked me to do, especially if it's a new role. Just seek clarification. Oh, that's a great idea. How would you like to see that? Do you, have a do you have a preferred view? Use preferred because then that way it's not as if you don't know, but you want to glean information and let them lead you to where you know you want to go, okay? Um, number two that we're going to take a look at here is attitude and ambition, and it's the difference between Esther and Vashti. So Vashti's attitude was completely wrong. She basically embarrassed the king in front of all members of his courtyard. Your CEO calls for you and you say, I'm not doing. Your boss asks you to do something and you do it in a shabby way. Sometimes it's your attitude that you really have to be careful about. And I want to say something about ambition because there's nothing wrong with ambition, but the problem that employers have is if you take that ambition in an arrogant way and it's almost like an entitlement conversation. And I'll give you a quick example. So um, I'm in a new role and I'll talk a little bit more about that after, but one of the, uh, one of the folks that I had on my team uh, came and this was like day two. It's like, oh, really nice to meet you. I'm glad you've got this role. Um, but I need, I need to be promoted. Hello. Um, I need to be promoted. I've been in this role for X amount of years. The person that was in this role before me got promoted. The person that did this role as well at another time got promoted. Everybody that's done this role has gotten promoted but me. So my first thing is, it's you. But you can't say that. So the question was, why wasn't this person promoted? So because I just acquired the individual, I had to go and ask. And so the person I was asking was a former um, leader of that person. And the exact words were, can't stand entitled people. And everything about his ask is always entitlement versus this is the value I'm bringing. Super nice guy, works super, super hard, like super hard, but hard work does not result in promotion. So, and I really need you guys to know that because it's not doing extra that's going to get you promoted, right? We got to make sure we're doing the right things at the right time with the right people seeing us. Does that make sense? Okay. So, number three is lack of preparation. Okay. A lot of times people are like, oh, I want to I want to accelerate, I want to move forward and I, you know, want to take on the next role. But what's your 3-year plan? Like literally, what's next? Do you have a clear plan for yourself? Your employer can help do development plans and we do that. We've got programs where we consider it fast tracks where you pick talent that are top talent. Um, we all agree on it, and then we invest in those individuals. But every single one of you, if your employer isn't doing that to you as a service, you need to do it for yourself. Create an acceleration plan for yourself. Um, it's a development plan. Take a look at where you want to be. And I'd say to you, where do you want to be in three years? Start there. Three years from now, where do you want to be? And what's the gap between where you are now and where you need to be? And what our goal then becomes is how do we fill that gap, right? And don't just focus on money, focus on value and focus on fulfillment. And I guarantee you money will follow, okay? Now, the other thing too is just make sure that you find training and education if that's a gap you need to bridge, right? Don't delay if you feel like I should be going back to school because that may be the key 
to open up another door. So think about it, is it informal training? Is it formal training? Um, do you need to get a mentor to assist you, okay? And this is really important to me because in 2010, I think I've shared this story with you before, um, I was out of work and I was frustrated and so I was going to open a hair store, beauty salon. I know nothing about hair, can't do hair, um, but I just wanted to start a business. And so I sat with PWA and I said, you know, this is what we're going to do. He said, no, we are not going to do and nor are you. You are going to go back to school and get your MBA. I was like, oh, MBA, that's like time, it's going to take too long. And he said, no, go back to school, get your MBA. I went back to school, I did my MBA in the UK, and the thesis I wrote at that time was, why do we not have enough female leaders at top executive roles? Did a huge amount of research, was really favored um, at that time, and got to connect with the likes of Richard Branson and so on the paper. But that thesis catapulted me into my new level once I completed. It was all preparation, I just didn't know, okay? Number four, people are not willing to pay the price. There's a price to pay to get to the next level. You've got to be willing to pay that price. Um, and one of the things I really want you guys to understand is that you've gotta make a commitment to growing. There is a huge strain on you, but you've got to be willing to do it. Right now, from an industry perspective, there's a number of things that are competing for jobs that would have usually been given to individuals. Things like digitalization, offshoring, right? Make sure you're up to speed with the latest and the greatest technology. Make sure that you're willing to pay the price in terms of the extra that you need to do. And while we're talking about price, I really want to just talk about something that frustrates me a little bit because I'm seeing it from an industry perspective where candidates, you get a job, we go through the whole process, you get, the, you, you get, you get an offer, and we agree on an offer. And then it's like, oh wait, they agreed on my offer. I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna say, I need an extra 5,000 more. Okay, so you come back, you tell the hiring manager, I want 5,000 more. From an internal perspective, you just put a target on your back. Because what's happened is we agreed on something, you've come back with something else. And that's a problem because your yay is not yay. And number two, it's that we are having a conversation about money, but in that conversation you've not told me about extra value you're bringing. Don't talk money at all times, start with value. Money will follow. Yeah? Okay. And then number five is the decisions we make. The decision to choose to grow or not grow. Not making a choice to want to being better than where you are now is a decision. And it's not the right decision, okay? Now, there's another reason that people lose their seats and I didn't put it in there, but I'll explain it to you because I've lived it. So I was a contractor um, doing consultancy for about 10 years and right before I moved into uh, the role I'm in now. And I lost my seat a couple of times, maybe three. Um, and I'll tell you the reason I lost my seat. I lost my seat because it wasn't my seat. From a contracting perspective, it's not a permanent seat. It's a, it's a seat that's on hire. And unless you're constantly performing at par, you're easily replaceable. And so I'm gonna challenge you guys to think about a couple of things. Number one is that from a future state perspective of where you are and where you need to be, I know there's a lot of talk right now about, oh, just jump into consulting and jump into consulting. The problem you will have is that you can't build a full career on consulting alone, okay? Now, absolutely, there's a lot of dividends. You get a lot of immediate cash in your hand. But what happens is that people struggle to turn that into long-term wealth, right? And I'll give you a quick example. There was a, uh, I call him uncle, but it was an uncle that I worked with when I was consulting at a supply chain firm. 
and then all of a sudden I found him when I became, no, he came to uh, my prior organization and he was a BA then and he was a BA now. And at that point I had become a, a VP and he came, he was like, oh, you know, he's still doing this thing, he's still doing this thing. And he's like, oh, can you take the resume of my daughter? I was like, oh, for what? And he, sh and he said, she's doing BA. Ah, so you're doing BA, your daughter is doing BA. Fam, we can't. Think long-term, guys, right? It's not sustainable, number one, and I want you to start thinking about your pension. How do you want to retire? Unless you start planning now, that's gonna be an issue. I've got someone on my team right now who's 62 and she's still working, not because she wants to, but she doesn't have enough saved because she started late. So I'm pleading with you, start building a career. There is room at the top. And this, this notion, I guess it's a, it's a falsehood, a myth, that being a contractor, you will make more money, not true. The higher you go, the more that's there. This one that you guys are negotiating with us for an extra 5,000 to start, I have friends that were fired, collected 700K cash. Because what happens is the higher you go, what ends up happening is that people aren't negotiating the start, they're negotiating the finish. And I asked a friend of mine who's a CEO, and I said, well, you know, what, why? And she said, Asamta, as you start on this route, you negotiate your exit, not just your entry. And the reason for that is because the higher you go, you know where all the dead bodies are buried. So they wanna keep you shut and they gotta pay you to do so. So I'm asking you guys, start thinking long-term, find a company, build a career, grow. There are so many additional perks that are available. This notion of you get more as a contractor, Mm. the bonus is more than the salary. So, there's room not to talk about the other perks, okay? My one person at the back, God bless you. The bottom line is six plus three equals nine, but so does four plus five. Be flexible, okay? All right. Let's jump into it, we gotta go. The promise. Galatians 4, six to seven. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. And I need you to understand that you have been made an heir before the foundation of the earth. And what you need to understand is that the expectation is that you would rule over all. Whatever Adam called it, so it was. Okay? So whatever it is that you will decree, so it will be, because you have the promise of a seat. Okay? The preparation is what we're going to jump into next. Esther 2.12. Each young woman's turn came to go to the king after she had completed 12 months preparation. It took her 12 months to prepare. For many of you, you don't know when the opportunity is calling, but if you haven't started preparation, how are you gonna enter? And so you've got to live as if every day is a season of preparation. Your commitment to growth is where it's gonna start, right? You remember that we gotta run with patience, but once you build your capacity on the inside, you'll have the ability to grow on the outside. So this notion of stop playing, let's talk about it. Because August 22nd is today, and it's game over for playing. Because we're entering into what belongs to us, and you're gonna sit in your seat. So here's what I've learned, and I know many different people have different ways of saying how they manage to get to wherever it is they got to, 
But all I can say is my source and my sustainer is from the word. It is God and God alone. And so what I need you to understand is that the very things that we've been playing with that we need to address include playing with God. God is real, but he will only be as real to you as you are willing to be real to him. So take your relationship with him seriously. Stop playing church. Mm. We can't just be coming. There is power, there is authority inside the house. So take everything you're learning here, but don't play Christianity, right? Be true to who you are according to the word. But until you decide that this is who you're going to follow, you're going to have issues. And then the other things that we need to start playing with is we need to start playing with time. You don't have a lot of it until the door opens and you don't know when that's going to be. Okay? The other thing that you need to start playing with is the opportunities that we're given. Whether it's, you know, to sing in the choir, to, to show up. Every single act that we take, being there on time, engaging with the people that we're with, all of those are opportunities to grow. If you don't take it, the only, play, the only person you're shortchanging is yourself. I read something, and it said that you will never find a U-Haul truck going behind a hearse. At the end of it all, when that time comes, you're not taking anything with you. All you're taking is yourself. Your body's gone, your spirit remains. But what that means is that it is far better that you leave empty than leave with so much regret. I wish, I thought, I wish. Do Nike, just do it, right? We don't have time. Okay, so what does it mean to grow up? Okay. So, this is what it means. Esther 4, 14. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows, Ignite, whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Ignite, this is your time. Okay? So where and how do we need to grow up? Number one, G, give God your all. And that's time, service, treasure, word, prayer, everything. One thing that I have to say is that service is what has opened doors for me. Giving has what, is what has opened doors for me. It's something I don't play with. And you've got to make the choice and the, make the decision that you are going to stop playing. Give God your all. This whole notion of, oh, you know, tithes and offering. The way I see it, it's very simple from an executive point of view. If you get a mortgage or a loan from a bank, you're required to make payments, right? Right? You've got to service the debt. So when you're required to make payment, that's your tights, right? And then you are able to add extra to the principal amount that you borrowed. That's your offering. But at the end of the day, if you understand that the mortgage company is the one that gave you the mortgage, you know you're on the line to pay it back. Everything that I have came from God. So giving is not an issue, okay? Number two. Thank you. So, give God your all. Number two, recognize the importance of the right relationships. I'm not going to hit on this too much, but I want you to go back. Um, PWA preached with regards to ev um, evaluating your existing relationships. And I want you to go back, listen to that, and take a look at your circle. Because in many instances, the people you have around you today are not the people that you need for tomorrow. It doesn't mean that we throw them away, but we reassess, recategorize, not because of them, but because of us and what's ahead of us, okay? 
On this side, um, we already spoke about this on Friday, but the notion of having a mentor, a coach, a sponsor, and a champion. The one thing that I would just want to add to this is that very similar to how you are reassessing and categorizing people, you need to do that in the work front as well. Okay, so it's not every colleague that you need to be telling, oh, I know I'm really struggling with this, I'm really struggling with this. Because a lot of the times, the first feedback we get about yourself, we get about you, is about what you give us about yourselves. So if we're saying, oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm really struggling with this. I always struggle with this. You're giving information, too much information. Don't position it that way. I'm great, working on this, working on this. Figure out where you need help. Does that make sense? Okay, so the other thing that I want you to make sure is, I can't emphasize this enough, continue to make sure you're adding value, um, find a problem, solve the problem. Now, one of the things that people say sometimes is I'm struggling with my manager and so forth and so forth. Manage your manager. It's very easy. Book one-on-ones in advance. This is the set time we're gonna meet. These are the things that are my priorities. This is how I'm gonna address them. This is the time in which I'm gonna use to do it. That way, no one's micromanaging you. If you are proactive on it yourself, they will give you leeway. So just be aware of that. Second thing is that um, your manager expects loyalty and you have to give it. Irrespective if you're working for Saul, I've worked for him. You still have to be loyal. Right? And then if you are just starting a job, one way you can add value is by um, doing a 90-day plan. Right? So you're just starting. What are the key things that you need to do in the first 90 days? Who are the key people you need to meet in the first 90 days? What are the key issues that you need to tackle in the first 90 days? What are the systems, processes that you need to know about in the first 90 days? What are my deliverables in the first 90 days? Manage it so that no one's managing you. Okay? If you are a new leader, the one thing that I want you to understand is that you've got to be able to lead with your head, your heart, and your hands. Your head, always give them a logical reason as to why to do things so that you don't get pushback. The heart, be compassionate. Don't mistreat people. And then your hands is that you've got to know, you've got to know your onions, right? Um, and make sure that they can see that you are technically inclined. But the one thing I would say is that no matter where you go, don't forget, you still have to love people. If you don't have a heart for people, you will not be able to lead, okay? Now, next one is operating at the level of um, outstanding. And this is one that we've touched on a little bit with some of the advice that I've given you, but you've got to know that average is not okay. And you've got to, with everything in you, agree that that is not okay. Be outstanding. Go above and beyond. Figure out what's needed. Make your manager look good. And in this, you will have places where you will have to deal with ambiguity. So for me, for example, um, you heard about my portfolio, but I don't have a job description. When I was hired, there was no job description. The last time I had a job description was in 2015 but yet I'm still paid on performance and driving shareholder value. So how do you start a job without a job description? What am I supposed to do now? You figure it out. But if people see you're adding value, that's how more comes. So I didn't get more because I asked for more. I got more by God's grace because of capacity and the, the ability to navigate ambiguity, okay? So next one, war with wisdom. So one thing you have to understand, and I got to touch on this, is that um, this notion of, uh, oh no, she didn't, but she did. So this notion of Sorosuke, this whole generation, I had a HR manager come to me and she said, Asamta, like, I was interviewing somebody, and the person was like, ah, sorry, it's okay, sorry, it's okay. She's like, what does that even mean? And she's like, we're trying to make sure that we make changes in terms of unconscious biases and all of that good stuff. But this person was so aggressive, and like, my people have been oppressed. I refuse for my people to be oppressed. This isn't Martin Luther King, man. That's outside. 
You have to manage this thing with wisdom. These three young men missed three penalties between the three of them. And the whole nation of England nearly wanted to hang them. And many of you in here that watched the match with me were also angry with them. But the thing about life is that there will be many times where we will miss our own penalties. The world may not see it the way that they were victimized, but you're at war. And you've got to understand that if you are at war, you do it with wisdom. And so you have to also understand that offenses will come, opposition will come. And this notion of, okay, I'm not saying that black lives don't matter, don't get it wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I've experienced racism at the height of it all. So it's not as if as you go up, you don't see it, but you use wisdom and you remove Vashti. I've done it. Not once, not twice, not three times, not four. And I will continue to do it. And the reason for it is that what I understand is yes, black lives matter, so does mine. And that's not what I'm saying, so don't get it wrong. But what I first understand in order to be able to fight this battle is that the God that I serve before the foundation of the earth said that my life matters enough that he would send his only begotten son as a ransom for me. And so if he first said that my life mattered enough, he will make a way with every Pharaoh and every other opposition, but I have to do it with wisdom. So I'm pleading with you, use wisdom, okay? The other thing that I would say to you is that we're in a cancel culture right now. As you are ascending, you've got to manage your social media presence. And this whole thing of, oh, my thing is on private. No, it ain't. It's available. So be very careful with what you're posting and what you're doing. Stand for what you believe, but just make sure you're doing it with wisdom that it won't prevent you from where you want to go. Okay, PTA preached, um, I think it was three Sundays ago, and she said that there were certain things that Joseph didn't do, not because he didn't want to, but because of where he was going. So with every decision and with every post you make, don't think of just today, think of tomorrow. Okay? All right. Now, this next one, understand your unique identity. And I want to touch on this very, very briefly because um, I got a little bit of beef with this one. So I'm not going to touch into your identity because PTA already covered that. And so I beg you, if you've not sat down with that, you've got to keep listening to that. It's something that I sit with on a regular because unless you know who you are and whose you are, you're going to be messed up. And I want to address this in a couple of ways because the first thing that's coming up to me is this notion of many of you, and maybe not just here in this room, but this notion of imposter syndrome. You are more than enough. You are more than enough. And if you already feel as if you're an imposter in that situation, guarantee you, you will be made to feel like one. And I'm not sure if that's coming because of the fact that you're a minority in that room or whatever it is, but unless you know your true identity in Christ, unless you know the price that was paid for you, unless you know that God gave Egypt, Cush, and Samuel for your, for your ransom, you're going to go in there and feel like you're an imposter. And you're not. The truth is, someone's sitting on your seat. It's rightfully yours. And I want to talk a little bit about, you know, sometimes it's a case of where we're coming from that's caused us to feel a certain way. So even this notion of um, rejection, I understand it perfectly. It's something that I struggled with uh, growing up, and it took a long time for me to be able to figure out who I am, my voice, because I came from a little bit of, uh, a lot of rejection. Um, I left my biological parents when I was three. And growing up, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of emotional abuse. And until I knew who I was, I wasn't able to be able to find my voice and stand. 
But the only way you can find your voice and stand is if you have given God your all. If the word is what is washing you and if the word is showing you who you rightfully are. Okay? And I'm going to address something and um, I have to address this because it's, it's come up to me personally. Um, and so I will. Um, so this notion of you know, the, uh, everyone's like, uh, not everyone. So I had someone, a few people, kind of come up to me and say, well, you know, as a single lady, do you not want to not focus on your career, wait for the, wait for the man to come, and you know, this one that you're pushing through on your career, what ultimately you're doing is you're not making yourself available. It's a lie from the devil. Satan and his mother-in-law, both liars. Let me tell you true. If you are a single lady in here, live your life. Do you. Buy your house, buy your car, get your cash and stand. The Bible says, and don't get it twisted, I'm not a feminist, because at the end of the day, what God gave me was absolutely worth waiting for. Shout out. But what you need to understand is that until you know your value, until you know your worth, you'll settle for anything. Don't get a project just because somebody else says it's a checkbox. You can have the checkbox but be miserable inside and not fulfill destiny. There is a man for you at every single level. Step up. Okay? And to all of my fellas, we are waiting for you. Get your game together. It's not a money issue, it's a leadership issue. Step up, bro. Okay? So these ones, you guys are looking cute. You're focused now on, you know, the white socks and the trainers and all of that. Focus on leading us. We're waiting for you. These ladies are waiting for you to step up. But for every man, I need you to understand that the money in your account is not what defines you as the leader. It's the vision in your heart. And as long as you have that, you are well worth the wait. Let's celebrate our men. So the last thing I'll tell you with regards to this is that it really doesn't matter where you came from, right? Vashti sat on the throne, Esther got on the throne, and my girl Esther was an orphan. And even as an orphan, she was still more than enough. Okay? So, the last one is place value on the prophetic. One thing you have to understand is that for a lot of you, you're struggling with this notion of, I'm trying to get a job, I'm trying to get a job. And Nonso, congratulations on your testimony. Can we celebrate him? You have to understand, your seat can be created, your seat can be made tailored just for you, or your seat can be made vacant for you to enter into. But the other thing that you have to make sure is that if you are in a seat right now and you're not sitting well, the prophetic can make sure that you also don't lose your seat. And this is my testimony. It's the same thing for David and Saul. They didn't apply for a job, they were called. And I've said this and I boast not in myself, but in the word and the ministry and the coaching, endless amounts of coaching with PTA and PWA. Essentially, we have a general governance council that goes through my issues, but I'm eternally grateful. But one thing I will tell you is that since the prophetic word that PWA gave me in 2013, I've not applied for one single position. Not one. Not one. And so you have to understand that what you're chasing right now, if you chase God, it will chase you. Okay? You don't need to be looking on Indeed and all this good stuff. You indeed are good enough and it will come to you. Okay? So, next week is a critical week for you, and I need you to get yourself ready. I know right now you're counting down to Labaru's return on the 27th, 
But listen, there are bigger things. Please, right? We gotta step up. So I want you to prepare. And so, in conclusion, I wanna say a couple of things. If, you're if you are able to perceive what's happening in this house, you'll know a couple of things. One, there was a season when PWA and PTA were saying, you know, do BA, BA. And I remember PTA was like, if you can speak English, you can do this. I was like, ah. She's like, no, go. And like joke like joke, that's how I started. And then it was, you know, let's go into buying real estate. Go get it. And at 21, under this ministry, I bought my first one, 22, 22. Um, right now, we're talking about career. We're talking about relationship. We're talking about accelerating. And it's because God is about to break through concerning your careers. Right now, from a Fortune 500 perspective, there are only five black CEOs. Since 1955, when it started, there have only been 19. We're waiting on you. And Ignite, this is where leaders are going to be birthed. So I need you to understand that there's a movement happening, and it's starting with Ignite. You are not too young. You are not going to be stopped, okay? So make sure that you understand what needs to be done between now and Sunday. Prepare yourselves. Figure out what is it that you need to stop playing with. What is it that you need to recommit when it comes to service and God? Everything that we've spoken about, and I believe there's a handout that Chini and the team are going to give. But the decision starts from now. And I beseech you with everything I have, don't play with this time. Don't play with this opportunity. Don't play with the word. This week, we've got help from above. Whatever it is that you need, it's available in God. But I tell you this, Ignite, you are in the kingdom for such a time as this. Congratulations in advance.